welcome to Employee of the Month. Here's your host, Katie Lazarus. Hi, welcome back to Employee of the Month. I'm so excited to share this episode with you. It was taped live at Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, and I got to interview Robbie Bates. Um, I'm hoping to have him back to talk even more about the playwright's incredible career. His, from the very first start, his first one act, um, Ms. Lansky, Zelensky, was such a success um, that he went on to do an off-Broadway production with Nathan Lane that got him a Drama Desk Award for Outstanding New Play. Then he did End of the Day and The Substance of Fire with Ron Rifkin and Sarah Jessica Parker, which led to Three Hotels and so many more plays. I do speak about his, um, I would say, more well-known credits because of it being television. He co-created Brothers and Sisters, but I just wanted to emphasize um, what a phenomenal playwright he is, and we even get to do a little debut of uh, one act he was writing for a charity production for Playwrights Horizons. Um, anyways, I hope you enjoy my talk with Robbie Bates, and it starts off with us talking about the other guest who was on the show, Kurt Anderson. You can tune into our interview as well to hear about that, but just so you're like, who are they re- referring to? Who are they referencing? And why can't she speak English properly? You know what? A lot of people have trouble speaking English, and I'm not just talking about erudite Americans who you think should know better because they're overeducated. Other people have trouble speaking it as well. Yes, I should learn how to be more articulate if I really want to, I don't know, communicate to people like you. I really do want to communicate to you. Okay, hope you enjoy. I really hope you enjoy our interview. He is a Pulitzer Prize nominated and Drama Desk nominated and Tony Award winning playwright of, I think, eight plays, including the most recent, which was Other Desert Cities, which was on Broadway. Um, He has also written for television, including Alias and The West Wing. And then he co-created Brothers and Sisters, and he has a new um, pilot with NBC. He's also an actor. Please welcome John Robin Bates. You read this also. This is great. I, I get, even there's a quote of in the ads of me everywhere actually of saying things about it. It's not in the. It's too late. Could it be a joyful wild gallop? No, no, gallop? no, that's not me. But it no, says it's Vanity not on Fair. The book. He got two reviews in Vanity Fair. Yeah. I can't. I mean, I can't even get in like the Daily Ledger. Well, his <laughs> his his friend uh, runs it. Oh, I heard about that. Great. There's Carter. this terrible thing called nepotism and insider. In there's a whole world of people who just are connected. It's your worst fears always. It is. It is. So true. <laughs> um, but that makes you feel a little bit better. Yeah. I'll, I'll deal with I'll take the cynicism if that's all I get. That's fine. Um, in all seriousness, I, I used, were an actor, and I wanted to start there. Um, do we have that picture mm. of the stallion? Look at that. Mm. Look at that. <laughs> it was just all hair. That's what it was. <laughs> you still look gorgeous. I, I wanted to know. This is last summer in the Hamptons. Yeah. I, I wanted to talk about that. <laughs> With the no, name of the literally. movie. It's a movie called Lazarus. <laughs> Although you do spend four movie. days a week in the Hamptons, so. But um, I, I, I get the cynicism. That's what we said. We just right. agreed upon that. Okay. Um, 
I'm just jealous. That's all. No, I no, guess. I know. Um, but <laughs> in that sort of Symbionese Liberation Army way, I'm jealous. I used to be you. Oh, oh thank you. Then everything died inside. <laughs> what, what's wrong? I'm glad that there's more to fall. Um, Did a bad thing happen? No. <laughs> or rise. Um, I, so last I, summer, no, I, I mean, it was just because the body. Anyway, so last summer, for you to have been me and not be me. No I was boobs. taking it literally. I was taking it yeah. literally. Okay, got it. Okay. You, you don't have boobs. Not the sharpest tool in the shed, yeah. me. I'm sorry. Apologize. Okay. No, it was, it was, it was no, no, empathetic. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was like, you know, one day I'll get adopted. Um, so last summer in the Hamptons, I wanted to talk about that because the role was written for you because it was about a young playwright who was incredibly successful right away. And I wanted to know, because uh, it is different, was that almost a burden to have so much success so quickly? No, I was... Oh, what part? Having, Being, having the success. Oh, it was... It, 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 well, it's, it's a weird thing. It just... Uh, you have to... You're too young to know that it's great. Because you think, uh, well, I wrote this play and now it's being done and people love it. And you think, oh, well, that's the way life works. You know, it's that's what happens. Doesn't that happen to everybody? And you take it for granted for a while because you're young and you've never heard of this thing called humility. <laughs> and then, you know, inevitably, because there's always this terrible sort of Damocles that happens, which is the best thing that can ever happen to you, which is you write some shitty plays. And then you start learning stuff. So at the time, but I... What, which were... I mean, yours were no, no, this excellent. Is, this is... A, I'm not going to, you know. But okay. There's, uh, there's, there's a whole bunch of them there that... I just can't pronounce the first... Ms. Lansky and Zelinsky. I wanted yeah. to write it down because I was nervous. But, you know, Substance of Fire, Three Hotels, all of these were... I, I know, but, but there's a okay. period where you sort of vaguely go dead and you have to kind of... And then you're sleepwalking and, and, and you have to sort of figure it out and, and, and come back to sort of life at a certain point. Uh... And, and really do it. Because it's very easy to be a young playwright. You know, you just, nobody's watching you at first. Mm -hmm. So you're just doing this thing. Uh, and uh, it's, it's almost unobserved for a while. And nobody will get in your way. But the minute somebody says, oh, you're this or that, you, you, you know, if you're young, you sort of take it seriously. And then you start becoming a kind of literary performing seal. Which is, I think, you know, a little bit of a thing that happened. And, and anyway, that burns away, and so everything's fine. And did you feel that that role was an accurate portrayal? Like, if we go see that movie, if people go see that movie, will they be like, that was Robbie's life? I mean, he's more sheepish than I am. I, I'm, not as, I'm not as angry or, or, or quite as, as uh, pretentious about it, or nor am I as ambitious as the guy in the, in the movie. Uh, you know, the guy who made the movie, this guy, Henry Jaglum, I, I had been working at this bookstore in L.A. called Book Soup, and he, he's a famously rude guy. And I, you know, I have this thing about manners. It's the, it's the thing I believe in the most. And he was rude in the store, and I kicked him out. And he couldn't believe it. He just could not believe it. I said, like, I'm not selling you these books. I'm sorry. And a few years later, by sheer coincidence, we were at a dinner party. He didn't remember me at all. That never happens to me. Yeah. He didn't. <laughs> well, well, it was a weird thing. It happened. And all the time. I and understand. and he talked about. I swear it was one of those weird karma moments of stuff. And he talked about he'd just seen this play and it was about a publisher and it was his family and his children turn against him and. And I didn't say anything, but of course, you know, the, the loudmouths I was with said, well, that's his play. And then I said, and I'm the guy who kicked you out of Book Soup. <laughs> that's so cathartic. I 
love that. And then like a week later, he said, I'm, I have this movie. Do you want to play sort of you? And I did it, but I was, t I, I was drinking rosé and Xanax <laughs> the whole time in order to be sort of vaguely liberated. So, during the filming? During the filming. And I didn't, I was like, why, why are they all so nervous? <laughs> Suddenly acting is like they, you know, they, they don't know when to block themselves. And it's just all you do is have Xanax and rosé and you're fine. <laughs> There's <I'm> literally <laughs> nothing to it. I'm so glad that... Um... You didn't get cut from playing you, because I feel like that would be also demoralizing. Well, I mean, I'm in 80% of the movie, so. Yeah. But you, you, I know I have a comedian friend who got Louis Black. He got cut from his own pilot. Oh, yeah. It happens. How long were you were filming that movie for that you were on, Rosé? Uh... I think it was like just three, two, three weeks. Oh, that's know? nice. Yeah. All right. So nothing too dangerous. Yeah, that sounds fun. It's like one full prescription. What? That's, that's right. That's... The psychiatrist uh, I in the I audience? I did not bother with the prescription part. <laughs> we have a psychiatrist in the audience if we anyone do? needs to, to um, tap him after. Um, I don't, I think, by the way, Xanax is a really bad drug, so just know that, everybody. <laughs> it's very hard to get off of. I got myself off of it. So but, I, Once I, the parts dried up. What? <laughs> sorry. Um, before we start feeling too sorry for you, I, I, during the writer's strike, I was so struck pun intended, um, by an article you wrote in Huffington Post uh, responding to the New York Times theater critic about an article he had written saying that the screenwriter should return to the theater. And you wrote a really thoughtful, um, sometimes obnoxious and honest response about the role that the theater critics have. And I, I just wanted you to talk about that because I've never seen something where someone took the New York Times to task and said you have really comfortable jobs and that you also have an impact on the art that is produced. Well, you know, I just, I have this terrible disease, which is I hate bullies. And, and I thought there was something inappropriately bullying and, and uh, slightly faux coercive about the attitude in the piece, which was, hey, all you cushy LA uh, TV writers who used right. to be playwrights, come back. The water's warm. Right. Why won't you come back? And I just basically wrote, they don't come back really because they're people like you who take for granted every last thing they do. And, you know, I was very nice about it. I said that, you know, I, I, at some point I said that his intelligence was entirely mitigated by the fact that he was vicious and cruel. And, and yeah. you know, you have to live with those things. And, uh, you know, I think maybe it made a difference for a few months. But you did say, you know, they may, if, they, if someone doesn't get a good review, they may not be able to do that off-Broadway or a regional theater tour. I mean, you really did logistically show I mean, how it's it difficult was all, for It was fairly pedantic. The main thing no, was, was the... Sem <laughs> it was just semiotics. It was, it was the event itself. It was that a playwright responded to him. And that's what was sort of... It was sort of like just saying, uh, you're not immune at the Grey Lady. You know, you're not immune... You are a part of a community. And so often people who work at the Times tend to feel like they're employees at the Swiss consulate. You know, this sort of balance, this, this essentially, you know, amoral balance all the time. I have also... They got your name spelled incorrectly in the uh, listing for Employee of the Month. You should know that. But we got a correction, so it's like we were in twice. That's right. <laughs> That's weird. I, I thought it was devastating. Um, so I, I was very impressed by that. And then I was also wanted to ask you a little bit about your TV writing experience. You created a show that was 
supposed to have depth and it had this wonderful matriarch as a lead and this phenomenal cast with Sally Field and Rob Lowe and a long way to say like what was it like getting fired from Brothers and Sisters? It, it was a vast relief you know I mean I made the first season I I, I didn't have a co-creator. I created it. Oh, I apologize. That's okay. It's written incorrectly on Wikipedia. <laughs> it's like someone had... Okay. Well, I don't know about that. So, yeah, it, was, I, it wasn't fun anymore. They, 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 keep, they kept sort of making it... They, they kept trying to get me to skew it towards kids. Like, and I was interested in these older actresses and what their faces looked like and older actors and real adult problems. And then, you know, I figured out how it's now, it's going to be about who's kissing who and how do we get seamlessly from brothers and sisters, no, from uh, Desperate Housewives to brothers and sisters without the water changing temperature at all. And, and it was my biggest fear from the beginning, was it because uh, I knew we had the 10 o'clock Sunday night slot. And then I was like, oh, you guys are going to turn it, you're going to try and turn it into into uh, Desperate Housewives. And I, you know, I didn't get along well. Disney is a very odd corporation. Uh, it, you know, it's a fabulous place if you're an anal retentive uh, <laughs> with, you know. Walt was also pro-Hitler, like, way after it was in fashion. <laughs> you know, I can't speak to that, but I, I certainly wasn't having a lot of fun there. Um, and so I, I made it impossible for them to, to keep me on because, well, I think at some point I, during the writer's strike, I was writing stuff in the Huffington Post. I was half insane. And I think I wrote, I don't know how Bob Iger, who's the chairman of, of ABC Disney, Disney, which produces, I don't know how he's able to look his children in the eye while taking food out of the mouths of writers' children. And I thought, well, if this doesn't get me fired, then I'm home free. I can do anything I want. And it was just sort of, and that was the bridge too far. And I was so relieved. I was so relieved. I never had to go back. I, I was, I am so touched, though, in your pieces on Huffington Post, and you guys can check them out. Um, and in your plays, you are so uh, profoundly gifted in showing alienation and uh, anime. And as someone who deals with a lot of self-hatred and self-sabotage, <laughs> I'm always touched by your, your work. And I... I'm amazed that you're able to talk about it in your own life, but then also are completely productive. Like, how do you walk around having that, but then you're able to put it aside? And I know you can't act, you can't make oh, someone no, else I brilliant. Just, I but. guess I, you know, my I, my self disgust builds up over a period of, of months and maybe years, and then I finally write something. Okay. You know, so I at least feel that 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 I'm actually still alive. You know, and and the other disease I have is is called I must be seen. You know, uh, which is probably the worst disease to have. I want that disease. Oh. <laughs> but you don't because you, you it's really, uh, yeah, okay. That's another conversation. Now, I, um, I'm kind of excited. We're going to do something different with the promise that you are going to come back and do a longer interview. Yeah. No, no. Did you a little more that? firm. Yeah. Little, yeah, we have everything oh, yeah. here. Um, but before we get there, I just want to say you've, you've worked with, you write for actors. You've written for Nathan Lane, Sarah Jessica Parker, Rob Lowe, Annette Benning. Juliana Margulies, Al Pacino, Ron Rifkin, Rachel Griffiths. I had to write them all down because I can't do this many name dropping on my own. Linda Lavin, Judith Light. And here, you were going to pick someone from the audience. This could be a big break for someone. And uh, if you want to pick someone from the stage, too, that's fine. Um, and 
We're going to do a quick part of a new play that Robbie has that's going to be a, a... It's a short play for a benefit. Can you have a Jewish eyes. mother for two seconds? It's a huge new Broadway hit. <laughs> you don't know how close you are to the truth. <laughs> So why don't you pick so, someone so from the just, audience? So let me just quickly, there, there's a benefited Playwrights Horizons. They get like four or five playwrights to write site-specific pieces. I'm going to get chairs. For various uh, places in the building. And for some reason, they called me up and asked me to, to write a play for it. And, and they suggested I write a play for the sub-sub-basement. Uh, and it's a few pages long. We're not going to read the whole thing, but I haven't heard it yet. And I need a young actor who's a good cold reader. Uh, please stand young actors who are good cold readers of the male variety. I don't know. Anybody? Anybody willing to be a cold reader? Oh, okay. That's fantastic. You're so brave. Okay. I can read the stage directions. So you would be Julian. We're going to have to share that's are you okay. You are in my seat. You are in my seat. Oh, I'm sorry. That's, That's okay. I'll what am I doing? Oh, you're reading you, the you stage. Got... You got to keep your mic. Yeah. Okay, so you share. I see. Because you're the director. Uh, a... <laughs> By the way, that's the worst job in the world, being a director. Um, and the play is called... It is. It's called The Ministry of... This Gr is your big break. Show up. On Hi, what's your, your name? You should have known your lines already. Hey, Paul. Paul. Paul what? Okay, hi, Paul nice Coney. Let's hear it for Paul, everybody. And we're not reading the whole thing. We're going to stop. It, it's, I think on page like uh, six, there's a line. There's a line. You can drawn. read line X. Yeah. It's called the Ministry of Grudges. It's a cluttered space in a basement. Uh, there's an old rotary phone which rings now and then. There are two chairs, one behind the desk and a one in, and one in front. Miss Affelbaum who is at her dimly less lit, uh, lit desk reading files, mostly ignores the phone or hangs it up without putting it to her ear, all done calmly. Julian DeLong, a young man of 30, stands impatiently looking at Miss Applebaum, uh, reading the file and shaking her head. Uh, okay, go. Because now I have the stage set up, too. This is just like it'll be at Lincoln Center. Okay. It's going to a basement. Next. Julian DeLong. You're here to appeal? That's your line. No, that's your What's line. That file? Oh, looks at file. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Did you pretend to look at the fucking file? <laughs> this isn't working. It's too soon. It's too soon. But, but please, he cut me after one preview. It's what happens. You can't come straight to me with a grudge. You have to be patient. You can't skip the line. But, Mrs. Applebaum, I was a good character. I need someone to intercede. I've been to so many departments. Apparently the only one who can help is you. Look, we're all good characters, kid. Well, most of us. There's someone on four who was cut from Camino Real, and she's a real troublemaker. And they had to wash out her undies with vodka, and they cut her. There's a lot you don't know. You're new. Be patient. Your guy gave you a shot. And at least it's not a musical. Those poor people have to sing for the rest of eternity. Eternity? This goes on forever? That's what purgatory is. They don't get it, the writers. Well, he's not a great writer. She looks at him with disdain and disgust. <laughs> I 
felt that. Okay, now go back. Yeah. Go back. Well, he's not a great writer. He had not fully explored any of my possibilities. There's so much more I could be doing. I could have had a fucking twist. I could have, you know, I'm really good at the exposition. The expositors are the first to get cut, kiddo. You got to get used to it. You can get comfortable down here. There's a lot of good places to settle. Did you bring a book? Yes, I brought a book. He had me read fucking Ayn Rand in some scenes, so I am stuck here with some goddamn fountainhead, which is like reading concrete. Like reading... It's like reading concretized shit. I loathe her. She's a mean, ignorant, uncharitable immigrant bitch with a heart of ice, and she... Is that a line from the show he cut? I didn't blame him for... I would never read her. I would have read Flaubert or Chekhov. Or or Kurt Anderson. (laughs) Kurt Anderson. Exactly. You have a line. I know, but you have one above it. I can't say whispering. (laughs) Not not so loud. Are you actually alive? (laughs) (laughs) Not so loud. There's a dentist from Atlas Shrugged lurking somewhere. As well as the fourth sister, Yetta. There's a fourth sister, Yetta? That's why he cut her, the name alone. And I'm stuck in his vernacular. I can't... I know I don't really talk like this, in this pretentious manner like he does. I hate him. He's an asshole. Can't you do something for me? You hate your author and you don't think he's going to cut you? He cut you because you were difficult. Trust me, I know. (laughs) I resent being conjured out of wherever I was, whatever nascent formulation of neurons and notional, you know, soup I existed in, like some amniotic baby of an idea. I was happy not being actualized. I was happy not being... Look, kid, I don't have time. I have, it's all backed up inside. There's two Lithuanian people from a Craig Lucas show about to get cut in New Haven. Bruce Norris is about to throw an entire play in the trash, and there's an entire building dedicated to Kenny Lonergan, characters who've been... I want to kill him. I would cheerfully throttle him. All of them. All the fucking writers. That's another department for that. You need curses, producers, and spells. What did the director say? The director? He's the fucker who ordered me cut in the first place. I'm my Weasley little player. I wouldn't stand up to him for one minute. They have such weak psyches. They're so suggestible. I don't think he's working. I think the problem is there's too many voices in the piece. And suddenly, without even a word, the red pen, the red pen like a dagger. He staggers around overacting. Miss Applebaum is impassive. What does that mean? Are you happy? I did it. (laughs) Fuck me. What does impassive mean? Impassive? Yeah. No expression like an Easter Island statue. It didn't help that the goddamn actor was a little light, if you get my meaning. He didn't know how to do me. I needed to be a lot cooler. He was also... He had a nervous smile. Julian is cool, and... Our time's up. It's too early to appeal. You have to wait. I wish I could help. I can't. All I can do is register you. What are you doing? I'm being impassive. That was just for a beat. Oh, oh, okay. On the appeal board. Have you ever (laughs) been to a theater? (laughs) Like, have you ever seen anything performed on film or TV or on a stage? I feel like I'm going to get this audition back. This is like finding someone on the street. (laughs) On the appeal board. Also, do you play poker? We have a game. No, you're not getting it. The thing is, one of my last lines was... He needed a fucking exit line for me, so he wrote, I have to pee like a motherfucker. So now I am just, I have to pee, but he didn't. He cut me before I had a chance. I have to pee like a motherfucker. I didn't even get to the exit, so I, this limbo, I didn't ask for this limbo when I'm stuck, and I know I'm getting a urinary infection. There's a bathroom, 
there's a bathroom right around the corner. I can't use it unless he lets me. He said, he said, well, another character described me as having very little free will. Nothing is stopping you from going to the little boy's room. No, he's right. I have no free will. I'm a slave. His sick, dirty little slave character. (laughs) Has anyone ever forced their way back in? It's very hard. It has been done, but it takes a while. They have to, you have to get in their dreams. It's a lot of work. Why don't you just have some water and... Water? Water? Don't you know what a pain my bladder is in? Is there not an emergency process for emergency appeals to the... To who? We've tried just the other day. You know, People Revise, a very famous, now almost dead playwright, spent years of dragging us back and forth across the ether in one production and out of another. He did comedies. And God forbid your joke didn't work. (laughs) It's very hard on a character to be benched. I know, but it gives you time to think. That's Neil Simon, by the way. Fill out the forms and go have a snack and read your book. Also, Tuesday night we have a turkey dinner. His thoughts. I think his thoughts, I think his words, his lines. I hate him and I love him and I can't get out of my head. He made me. He made me who I am. They, they said I was un- unsympathetic and do I seem unsympathetic? This is metaphysics, Julian. Look, I was in a show once. I was cut out of town from a, I was the goddamn, you think I want to talk about this? It's been a hundred years, but I was the original nurse in Romeo and Juliet. And he replaced me with another nurse, one who he said was more funny, Sarah Silverman. He threw away my pages, my jokes, my lines. Ariel's sister is in the other basement, the sub-basement. Before there was Iago, 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 Iago. Are you a citizen of the world? Maurice is sitting in the attic right now, waiting for someone to discover his lost pages in some library in fucking Cambridge right now, practicing his iambic pentameter and swordplay. There used to be a, two merchants of Venice, and the one who got cut is still wandering around here in a red skull pla- cap with little horns. Jewish. You, you were cut from a show at the Little Theater on 42nd Street <laughs> after three previews and... Two previews. Two. You were the first nurse in Romeo and Juliet? That was my line. Say it. <laughs> this is truly like a catastrophe. Should we end here? At the no, <laughs> it's even worse. It's a fiasco. My horoscope said I'd be in a fiasco. Instead of okay. so. we, we have to go quick. We you're to, doing so well. We're getting the light. And what you're working with is... <laughs> we're getting the lights. We're getting the lights, so we got to go quick. Oh, we, okay. we got to finish quick. So you got one more You were page. the first nurse in Romeo and Juliet? He wanted someone dumber. I was too street smart. He needed laughs. Wait till you get to the pinter room. I wouldn't mind tea. Pause. Tea's fine. Long pause. What kind? Earl Grey. Long pause. Sunny today, isn't it? Fancy some tea. Over and over again. Let me tell you, the mammoth room, the mammoth room is, you can't even go in there. It's women being raped by left-wing, anti-Semitic Hollywood liberals. How long do I have to wait to appeal? Let me see. Ten months. I have to wait 10 months and not urinate? You were, uh, he, you were the boyfriend. He replaced me with the brother because the director said she needed a brother because the stakes in the family would be higher if there were as a brother. So there's a brother now who gets a lot in my original lines. I mean, it's just not, it's just not fair. God damn it, I gotta pee like a motherfucker. You have to wait, at least look. He might want to try you in the next production. No, I don't care about the metaphysics. No, I don't care. I'm here to tell you, he miswrote me. And I want justice. And I will have it. Have any of us ever written ourselves into the play? It's impossible. It can't be done. We've tried. 
A stain appears on the front of Julian's hipster trousers. He lucks down. And that's all we're doing for now. You guys, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. That was so okay. well done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Really good cold thank reading. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Robbie Bates. Thank you to our guest actor. We'll wrap it up. Our very glamorous award ceremony. This is a really high budget production. Um, please welcome back Kurt Anderson, who we are going to give this beautiful award to. And Claire! Now go get Robbie, who's coming. Come stand here. I named you Cognoscente. Come this episode of employee of the month i'm your host katie lazarus thank you so much for tuning in you can go to employeeofthemonthshow.com and that will take you to soundcloud where you can download individual episodes or you can subscribe to the entire series for free on itunes highly recommended i want to give a very special thanks to todd rosenberg ian mazoff damian strange and used to be theater for making this possible and most especially to you listening. I really, really appreciate it. Um, That's it. Thanks so much. Okay, have a wonderful day. Eat lots of vegetables and make sure to get some exercise for both of us. Okay, bye.